right. Welcome back to the Idols to Rivals podcast. If this is your first time listening, this is a podcast I upload every Wednesday and then put out either Wednesday night, Thursday morning. It is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, everything you can listen to. Normally, I have a co-host. Um, he will be coming back. He is currently on a ski trip in Reno, I believe is what we talked about last episode. So he's living it up over there on the West Coast. So like I said, we'll have guests back. We're getting more as we go on. We're going to have hopefully multiple people hosting this here pretty soon. And then it'll be a whole different vibe. This whole podcast started with just myself. And I think all the episodes where they are with multiple people getting different perspectives are, uh, are a lot of fun and what most people enjoy from what I've seen by the feedback. But this week, just myself bringing it back. Um, not a whole bunch of crazy news this week, which by the way, this has been going the past few months, kind of a good thing to hear. Nothing, no crazy, um, crazy stuff, too much going on. Sports are kind of dying down a little bit. I know that the uh, NHL and the NBA playoffs are starting and uh, going forward. So hopefully those will start to heat up. We'll get some teams. I don't really stay up with the NBA, so I can't really touch on it too much. But the NHL, I want the Florida Panthers to win the whole thing. Went to a couple games this year. And if you've never been, I was always growing up, NFL games. That was the ultimate go to NFL games, tailgate. It's, you know, an absolute great time. And don't get me wrong, they still are. But NHL games, I think, are the most underrated. Their marketing team for the NHL, terrible. No one ever knows when the games are on. Even when I'm buying tickets, I don't know what day it is, what time it is, just because, you know, going into it, I have to look up when the next game is, when the next home game is. So if you haven't looked into it, look in your area. NHL games, you can get super cheap tickets. A lot of them, a lot of stadiums that I've seen, um, especially with the Panthers, you can get what's called club le- club level, which are you know unlimited food, sometimes unlimited drinks, and then you know it's not that much more than a regular ticket, and you get again you get unlimited food and sometimes drinks. So it's a great time. Everyone gets pretty rowdy. It's a lot different than an NFL game. Never been to an NBA game besides a, a Houston Rockets game when I was really young. Um, but just having people just smashing off the glass and it always just popping back and forth. It goes at 100 miles an hour. It's crazy, especially when people are you know, backpedaling. I don't get how, how they move that quick on the ice or just absolutely don't get trucked every time they, uh, they go backwards. But nonetheless, go check out an NHL game if you haven't already. But news so far. A little bit of football news. Um, we have some spring games that came up. Obviously, Alabama, they did great. Everyone looks good. Um, Jameer Gibbs looks amazing. Our transfer running back from Georgia Tech, he looks absolutely insane. Dallas Turner looks great. Will Anderson looks great. I'm super excited for this year. I can't wait. Um, other news, transfer kind of on the flip side. Um, Ajayi Hall, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, transferred over to Texas, which now I believe that makes three people and the coach. Um, Starkeesian is now the coach. So basically Texas is um, is a whole bunch of Alabama recruits and transfers, which I totally get. Why wouldn't you want, you know, the best recruiting you can get? And especially you just slide them over and Sarkeesian is a beast. So it makes a lot of sense. And I heard Ajay Hall was kind of a cancer in the locker room. I don't know. I was never, never been in it with them. But that was kind of the consensus that I'd heard um, from reports of Saban, Twitter, all that good stuff, Bama Insiders. So Super excited for the college football season. It can't come fast enough. That is my number one. I uh, used to be a big NFL guy, not so much anymore, but all of that will be coming back around here pretty soon. And I see these countdowns on Twitter and Facebook about sports coming back, and I'm excited. But like I said, NBA, NHL, we'll have a bunch of good stuff to talk about. Um, 
as soon as things kind of boil down, as soon as it gets closer to the uh, Stanley Cup finals and the uh, the NBA finals. So I'm super excited about that. Um, F1 coming to Miami. That'll be here in two weeks. It'll be about three days before my birthday. So I'm excited about that. We are planning on tailgating it. Tickets for the grandstands, if you don't know, grandstands around F1 tracks. F1 tracks are you know a couple miles long, and it'll be around the Dolphins Stadium. Tickets for the grandstands. We're talking about basically NASCAR level where you're, you know, however many rows back, $1,100 starting. I've seen suites that are, you know, 7,000 a ticket. There's pools and everything. They're doing it totally Miami as they should for the inaugural race, but $1,100 for a fucking GA ticket, a GA pass for one race. And the races are two hours. So Absolutely insane. I want to hopefully tailgate either the practice round on Saturday or the actual race on Sunday. I want to be there for something. I want to be there for the first race um, out of 10 at least. And I know they just announced another one for Vegas. So that should be super exciting. If you look up the Vegas track, it goes straight down the strip. I've never been to Vegas, but from the screenshots I've seen, it looks nuts. Traffic's going to be hell if you are a Vegas local and uh, you're trying to go anywhere on the strip. But I think it'll be worth it. They're going to make a ton of money. I know some some diehard F1 fans are kind of pissed that we have three races now, Austin, Miami, and Vegas, but get over it. I think the states are growing the sport and drive to survive. Again, a lot of diehards hate that series, but it's what got me into it. It's what, you know, I got my friends who've never watched it ever. I watched an IndyCar race, you know, way back in the day, and it was, you know, five hours of, of just absolutely nothing going on. And the, the person that was in the lead basically won after five hours. So it was a total waste of time. Um, but yeah, F1 is absolutely growing. If you haven't looked into it, um, it is something that I think will get very popular. It's been very popular uh, in EU, basically all over the world. If you don't know, each each week or each, every two weeks, they will, for most of the year, actually, their off season is pretty short. They'll travel to, you know, Abu Dhabi, you know, United States, UK, Italy, all that good stuff. Monaco is the really famous one that I think everybody knows about where all the billionaires are on their yachts and whatnot. It's kind of a who's who event of what's going on with the mega, mega rich people, not just celebrities, but the people that kind of keep the world turning. But I find it super interesting. I love most of the drivers. Um, Charles Leclerc, Leclerc, Jesus Christ, Charles Leclerc, is my favorite. He's currently in the lead. Hopefully he can keep that up. I like Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez. I like all those guys. George Russell. I like Lewis Hamilton as well. I was just kind of sick of him winning. He won seven titles. And so seeing Max win last year, even though it was kind of bullshit, and I think that'll go down as kind of one of the biggest flops of last year and if you or, or of F1 history. And if you haven't seen it, you should should look it up if you start getting into it. Um, again, Drive to Survive will, will get you uh, get you up there. It's on Netflix. I I completely recommend checking it out but yeah basically all that news and speaking of charles leclerc which kind of nuts which this happened to lando norris you may have seen it on twitter like oh driver gets his watch stolen and i think one of them had it quoted at forty thousand euros he was wearing a richard mill and we've talked about watches a little bit if you know me in person you know i absolutely love watches richard mill pretty much at the pinnacle of my favorite watches and these watches they used to retail the brand's been around since about 2002 these watches used to retail for, you know, forty to $90,000, okay? Ton of money. The second you buy one, if you were able to buy one from these retailers, so imagine you go into a store. Imagine you go into a Ford dealership. You're saying, hey, I want to buy a Ford. They literally, it'd be walking in there and there's no cars parked out front. Hey, can I buy this one? No. Oh, okay, well, I have cash. Okay, no. Well, actually, I'll buy, um, I'll buy a super expensive one. Yep, sorry, we don't have any in stock. That's how it's been for years. 
So as soon as these watches go on the gray market, basically secondary market, and this is happening everywhere, this is kind of a rundown, happens with Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe, all, basically all the um, the popular luxury watches that you can think of, and really everything real estate's blowing up too, but that's neither here nor there. As soon as you buy it, you can then make money on it reselling it. So think about that for a second. As soon as you buy something and it is now used like a car, you drive it off the lot, you lose 20%. With this, with some of these watches, you can triple, quadruple your money the second you walk out the door. You don't have to wear it. You don't have to do anything about it. You can, If you get it from a dealer for the sticker price, the price that they said it was worth, you can walk out the door and triple your money in some of these cases. So Charles Leclerc, again, my favorite driver at the moment, crushing it. Uh, he got his Richard Mill stolen, one that he's worn for years. I've, I've noticed it the second that he, uh, he got it on because it was one of their sponsors. And he got it stolen, apparently, um, either today or yesterday from a fan while taking photos. And this, this stuff, I was talking to my buddy about this a little bit earlier today. But this, this whole stealing shit and theft shit is going absolutely crazy, especially in the luxury market. You know, my buddy's moving out to Los Angeles here pretty soon. And it's just mayhem. If you know anything about, you know, your celebrities that you're watching, or especially jewelers that I watch, people are getting robbed in broad daylight, you know, pulled out of their Ferrari, getting their ass beat. And then the people just bolt off. I mean, it's pandemonium, specifically Los Angeles. I know there's a lot of places over, uh, you know, in, in Europe that can be bad, you know, if you're not on your toes, but it's just wild to hear about one of, if not the best driver in the world currently. And he gets his watch ripped off his wrist while taking photos with fans. It's a uh, to show you to stay on your toes, but kind of crazy. Again, that watch was probably three to $500,000. So basically a house and it weighs as much as eight paper clips. I mean, that's the whole point of these Richard Mills look into them. It's really cool. Even if you're not into watches, kind of the technology that goes behind them and how they work and how they can withstand getting hit and super light. And basically they're, they're the race cars of, uh, of watches, but that was crazy to see. Um, and a little bit car related and maybe a little bit off topic. And I'm sure a lot of people don't know who I'm talking about, but I would again say to look, look into this person. If you uh, spent any time on YouTube, if you care about cars, anything like that, um, or Miami or South Florida, um, there was this channel called Savage Garage. And there was this guy, Randy, I believe it's um, Tilleman. He was the owner operator of this channel. And also he was a really astute businessman. I mean, he was very successful. I believe he was in the, uh, in the recruiting field and he was CFO, CEO, whatever it may be. Don't quote me on that, but he was a super successful guy. Great guy. Again, I, I recommend looking into his videos. You'll learn a lot just about being a good human and business and, and how to operate. Um, just search Savage Garage. He unfortunately passed away a few days ago not here to speculate on what happened, but it's just sad. And again, I, I love to reiterate, he's taught me a lot. So I would look into him if you haven't already, if you're into cars, if you're in South Florida, Miami, all that good stuff. Um, he was, he was down here, bought a couple of properties, bought like a $9 million apartment condo. I don't really know what you call it in uh, the Porsche estate, the Porsche building. And that was, he could park, you could park two cars on your floor. He had a floor on the 30th. He had a room on the 30th floor. He literally parked two Lamborghinis on the 30th floor because it has a car elevator. I mean, absolutely insane stuff again. So RIP to him. Um, absolutely sad. And I know, again, this might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but if you're into cars, if you're into stuff like that, just Google Savage Garage and, uh, and you'll see. Um, but on a brighter note, I kind of wanted to go over as I like to, towards the end of these episodes is just Stuff I've been learning, the, uh, the, the, the theme of this 
podcast, if you didn't know, as I reiterate every single time is, you know, idols to rivals working till the people that you look up to are, you know, the ones you're shaking hands with and the one that you're doing deals with or competing against. That's always what this has been about. This is always what my vision for this podcast was aside from just me saying things that I've learned to try to reiterate them and to at least spread them on. This is stuff that I'm interested in and that, you know, it's a podcast I would listen to if I, you know, if I didn't create it myself. And so that's always been the goal and currently reading or listening to, um, the obstacle is the way by, uh, by Ryan holiday and absolutely incredible book. It goes along with one of his other books, courage is calling, which is the book I read before. And so I kind of segued it into it, but with things coming up, I don't know where everyone's at in their life. I know summer's coming up. Maybe you're trying to get fit, um, end of the school year for some people. So maybe, trying to get a new, trying to get your first job or you're transferring schools or you're trying to pass your test. And so I think it around this summertime, I, summertime and the beginning of the year is where shit gets real for a lot of people, you know, whether it be new year's and new year's resolutions, or like I said, summer, a lot of changes come with summer, you know, for, for a lot of you, if you're still in school, you know, summer will be, get a summer job, party your ass off until you go back to school. And if you're there, absolutely live it up and, and keep doing it because time goes by fast. Trust me. I've almost been out of college as long as I was in college here pretty soon. So um, absolutely live it up. If you're in high school and you're looking, you know, counting down the days till you go to college, be excited about it. But um, specifically for people that are about to have a massive change, moving to a new city, getting your first job, or I don't know, a lot of my friends proposing to people or having a kid, you know, knock on wood for that one. Um, but just the obstacle is the way it's basically he reiterates what the title is. You know, these, all these challenges and all these things that you see as, Oh my God, this is a problem or this is, this is derailing the path that I thought I was going to be on. It's so easy to think that, especially when it's your problem, whenever it's you and, and someone from the outside, you know, me or your friend or your mom or your dad, um, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is when they're like, Oh, well, you know, these are good things. These are good things. Bullshit. When you're in the moment, it, it blows. And I think that what this book doesn't reiterate enough is you got to go through that moment of kind of, you know, that fear that like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? Because that's when that's when the gear is going to start turning. And that's where you have a couple options. You have the option of, you know, straying away. Do I is do I really want this goal? And I think if you're at step one and, and you're thinking that you're in the, you're in the right direction because you will know you know, Hey, push comes to shove worst case scenario. Am I still going to go after this? If your answer is yes, then you know, you're doing the right thing. Even if there's bumps in the road, even if there's problems, because they're going to be, there always will be another bump in the road or you go, okay, I don't want this bad enough. And then, you know, you move on to what you, what you should be doing or what you're going towards. And hopefully that's not you giving up on something you actually want, but embracing the, the, the idea that the, the, the fork in the road or, or the thing blocking your path is meant to be that test of will that 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 opportunity to earn your goal that opportunity to show that hey i've got you know i've got the mental fortitude i've got the strength to continue on going even when there is problems in my way even when there is issues things fall apart people stab me in the back you know deals fall through you get that little bit of strength you know you do that one more rep and then Boom. The second a bigger problem comes along, a bigger monster comes by that you need to defeat a bigger issue. You're ready. You're still scared. You're still not up to that level yet, but you got to reach for it. You got to go to the next one and go to the next one and go to the next one. And again, I, I know coming from a third perspective, whatever it may be, you know, if you're going through family problems, relationship problems, money problems, life problems, mental problems, whatever it is, 
you're always going to feel like you're not ready for the challenge when it's a real, when it's an obstacle, there are going to be things in your way that, that you are, you're fully prepared for a test. You absolutely knock out of the park an interview you crush. There are going to be things you, you, you absolutely prepare for, and that's going to sharpen the plate. That's going to sharpen your skills. Those aren't the obstacles I'm talking about. The obstacles I'm talking about are, they are bigger than you. They are smarter than you, faster than you, stronger than you, you know, have more money than you, whatever it may be for your own case. But those are the obstacles I'm talking about. Those are what I picture in my mind when I hear an obstacle. I hear something that I'm not fully prepared for. I need to go 110% because 100% is not going to cut it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to survive this. I'm not going to move forward. And so when you get to those problems, the problems you really are kind of out of your league in, that's when you need to realize this is the moment where growth happens. This is where that fear. And I think fear is the biggest thing because you know, if there were problems in the way and there was fe- no fear associated with it, fear of failure, fear of rejection, if there was nothing associated with it, we wouldn't really give a shit. We'd be like, okay, well, I tried and I failed, you know, move on. But I think where the growth happens is that fear that absolutely just like, I don't think I can handle this. What if I fail and embarrass myself? What if I run out of money? What if I hate the job I get? What if I move to a new city and I don't make any friends? That fear is where the growth comes from. It's not, it's not completely the obstacle. It's not only the challenge. It's you deciding, you know, fear is not going to stop you from this. Whatever it may be, whatever you, you picture worst case scenario, whatever's holding you back, that, that fear adds even more weight to that boulder you're moving out of the way. And that's where that strength comes from. That's where you can level up to go to the next problem because that's all you're really doing. All you're doing is fighting to get bigger problems and better problems. And once you realize that, Failure and issues go by the wayside because you're not going to greener pasture. You are not going to a place of perfection, to a place where, you know, it's all sunshine and rainbows and nothing ever goes wrong. That's that, that'll never happen. You're just going to better spots. You're going to better, higher levels every single time. And that should be a great thing. That should, that should eliminate all that fear that comes through these steps, through the failures and the progressions and the one step, one step backwards, two step forwards. All of those little tiny, oh my God, freak out moments, all those little tiny problems that seem massive, all of a sudden become not a big deal because you realize, hey, all I'm doing is getting stronger for that next problem so I can go beat its ass. All I'm doing is getting the skills I need to move one step forward. And that's a big thing they talk about in the obstacle is the way. And this is something I try to reiterate every time, whether it be filming a video, recording a podcast, posting something, texting someone, talking to a boss, doing an interview. It's that one step. When you look at the top of the mountain, you go, fuck, that's very far away. There's no way you can see it. You know, oh, there's a dragon flying by. Oh my God, there's this problem. Oh my God, there's this problem. You look at it and you just, I don't know why I picture the fucking mountain from Shrek, but but that's what I picture in my mind's eye. But you look up that mountain, you go, there's no way I can do all this because you're thinking about it right now. You're thinking about, I need to do this. I need to do all of this. The one thing you need to think about is action. The one thing you need to think about is one step. Do your one step. Do your one step. Do your one Instagram post. Study for five minutes. Text that person once. Interv- or email that interviewer once. You know, spruce up your resume for five minutes, then come back to it. All it is is that one step. Have the goal, have the vision way up, way up in the clouds. Have it. Remind yourself of it daily. You know, maybe twice a day, maybe three times a day. But when you're in the thick of it, when you're blinded by choice, blinded by, you know, you think you're cornered with options, think about it as one step, one foot in front of the other. Do one actionable item. And I promise you, as you chip away, these things will come, these things will grow. 
And so having said that, if you can keep your mind on, on, on the footwork, on the, on the steps forward, it's, it's the analogy, you know, how do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time. It's, and it's, I always thought that was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. But when I heard it as, you know, on the journey, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. If you can focus on the one action item, record your, you know, record that YouTube video, watch 20 minutes of editing, um, you know, photographer, go outside, take a photo, take a photo of a chair, take a photo of a tree, the sunset, whatever it is. If you're an artist, pick up the fucking pencil and just start trying. You don't need to know what it is. You don't need to make it perfection. It's not going to be a Picasso. Maybe that one doesn't get hung in the Louvre. It's that one actionable item. You want to move to a new city, research apartments, look up cool bars, look up, hey, I, if I lived here, you know, I can walk to the river, I can go kayaking. Take the one actionable item at a time. And what I've also seen in my personal experience is I will, you know, I'll get, I'll get like 10, 15, 20 days into to said goal, to said track. And I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm chipping away, I'm chipping away, I'm chipping away. You know, for me, it's, you know, I'm DMing jewelers or I'm DMing promoters, whatever it is. And I'm just like, oh, I get like 20 in. I'm like, fuck, I'm like, this isn't working. It's not working yet. But that's that's me jumping ship. That's me going to the goal where I'll see somebody doing it better than me. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm never gonna be there. Because they're, they're at chapter 150 and I'm at step 23. And so keeping that at the forefront of your mind, just knowing is keeping that mindset of one item, one item, one item, one item. Back of the vision, okay, one item, one item, one item. All right, go back to your goals, one item, one item, one item. When you can keep that in your mind, have your vision as your North Star, as your as your North Star, as your target, but then look back down at your map and take one step closer to that next goal, one step closer to that next problem, that roadblock, and I promise you, things will start working, things will chip away. And how I've seen it, and I've heard it written a million different ways, and I won't say it as eloquently as they do, but it's going to look like it's going to look like nothing's happening for a long time, and then all of a sudden, one little spark is going to set the forest on fire. One little spark, you're going to be there. You're going to be chipping away, a couple months, six months, a year. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Your growth is one, 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 one. So you're at 20. And then it's going to go 20, 1,000, 10, 000, whatever that number is for you, whatever your goal is. It's a, it's a exponential curve. If you don't know what that is, Google that shit, baby. That's a callback to eighth grade or whenever you learn that. It's exponential. Slow, 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 slow. And then fucking rocket ship. You can keep that in your mind. There's nothing that will stop you. Appreciate everybody for listening. We will have some people back on next week, I promise. And uh, hopefully we'll have some of these uh, video podcasts out soon on the YouTube channel. But I appreciate everybody for listening. If you could share it, that'd be great. If you share it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, Snapchat, it really helps me out. I genuinely appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back here next Wednesday for another episode of the Idols Travels podcast. Again, we're on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. I appreciate everybody. Get after it and just focus on that one step that you can do now. And uh, you'll be moving in the right direction. Peace.